Let's give a big round of applause to Shanley. Thank you. Thank you all. And thanks, Brian and team, for putting on this amazing event. Um, I have very fond memories from this room because this is where I launched the data market back in the day with a, a full room of people, and uh, uh, that was an excellent event. Uh, anyway, so I'm here to talk a little bit about spreadsheets and the nature of spreadsheets. And you probably think by now that this is going to be the most boring talk of the day. Uh, it might well be, but uh, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, a little bit of a background. So, I've been looking at how people work with data and what people do with data for, uh, the, you know, for, for the majority of my life, but especially through kind of the data market journey. And then, data market was acquired by a company called Click, which is a business intelligence company. And there, I was specifically making tools that were supposed to make it easy to uh, work with data. And uh, Click's promise, just like Power BI's promise and Tableau's promise, which are two of our, our Click's biggest competitors was that we we're going to make tools that were so easy and so approachable that any user could answer their own questions and make their own analysis. The reality of it uh, is that none of these tools do that. What happens is that there are a few people that become specialists in using these tools. They go over the pretty steep learning curve that is involved, and they then serve 10 to 50 other people within the organization with their analytics needs. However, there is a tool that pretty much every business user and uh, pretty much every uh, person in the world uses to some extent to work with data, and that's spreadsheets. And it's usually the first thing that people bring up whenever they have to do anything that has to do with data, whether it's Excel or Google Sheets or, or some of the, or some of the uh, much, much smaller uh, solutions that are out there. Uh, spreadsheets rule the world in many ways. And, uh, you know, and we run spreadsheets. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, uh, I'll you know start. Yeah, I'll start off with this funny quote I found somewhere. So, essentially, the the economy is run of two things: the combustion engine and Microsoft Excel. I think that's uh, pretty close to truth. Um, and uh, but if we kind of step back in history a little bit, so people often you know they they uh, contrast like text and unstructured data against you know the the humanity of text and unstructured data and the spoken language with structured data. However, structured data has been with us for a very long time. Some of the earliest writings in the world are actually structured data tables, uh, in this case from uh, the Sumerian period. Uh, and what this is uh, detailing is how many bushels of, uh, of, uh, uh, of wheat somebody owes to someone else. Uh, and you know, so it was, it's essentially a spreadsheet. Uh, I think calculations may have been a little bit difficult to change, uh, but uh, uh, at least that, that's what they are. Throughout history, then, people have gone through several iterations of, uh, of this. And in the Middle Ages, it's, very, it's, it's a fascinating category of literature, which is essentially uh, books filled with tables. The reason for that is that calculations were really expensive. So people would do calculations, the expensive calculations. They would write them in books, and then they would ship the books off. So if you had to calculate, for example, what a certain interest rate over a certain period of time uh, you know, meant, what the factor was that you had to, had to multiply with, you would look that up in a pre-calculated table and then apply uh, a single uh, multiplication number to, to your thing so that you don't have to do a series of very complicated uh, calculations. There are also uh, other things that have to do with things like, uh, you know, look more like statistical data from, uh, you know, from the today's census offices and, and statistical bureaus. So basically facts about the world like uh, this. I love this title, A Million of Facts of Correct Data. 
so and and the title actually goes on and is hilarious as it as it goes through. Uh, but these are more kind of you know facts about the world, numerical facts about the world that are printed in uh, in books and then distributed. And this is the way statistics were distributed until well into the 2000s, where most of the statistics offices in the world started moving to uh, to the internet. Um, some of them haven't really gotten the difference between these two medium yet. Um, and then there are, are things that are used for, for uh, navigation. So things you know, where, where that helped you, basically tables that helped you find out where in the world you were and how to uh, set, your, set your course to, to go somewhere else. This is actually not one of those. Uh, we skipped through one of, one of those. But this table here is actually a, a super interesting one. So this book was made by a special, by a purpose-built machine. The machine was both a calculator and a printer, and it was built just to print this book. Uh, and uh, it basically was a, a bunch of, of gears that would crank, and they would uh, turn on the numbers. They would uh, turn the uh, the print um, the, the printed letters, and then they would kind of do the calculations, print them on on the page. And this is one of these uh, series of, of calculations that I was talking about earlier, where you kind of where you would look up that if the accrued interest over five years and the uh, interest rate is 8.5%, then uh, you could look that up in a table like this. Uh, there's also like, you know, uh, calculating sine and cosine and, uh, and uh, things like that. Uh, people printed large tables for it. Uh, and then in the, about 30 or almost 40 years ago uh, comes the spreadsheet, which is really the first, uh, first tool, at least first PC tool that allowed people to work with structured data. And uh, it was more transformational than most people realize. So Steve Jobs, for example, said that uh, he would not, if Apple would not have become the company that it became, had it not been for the fact that VisiCalc, the first spreadsheet, was written for Apple II. And uh, that was the first time PC computers made it into normal businesses. About 25% of Apple II computers that were sold were sold uh, for that sole purpose. It was sold for the purpose of running VisiCalc within, uh, within businesses. Uh, and that's no small feat. And then came with that the whole uh, set of other business software. So basically, spreadsheets were the first business software. And actually, if you look at it, they were not just business software. They were not just purpose-built business software. It was a platform, because what came with it were templates for things that there wasn't any purpose-built software for like uh, doing the, uh, the budgeting, like uh, doing uh, invoicing, like doing accounting. So all of these things were basically the spreadsheet templates that were run within VisiCalc. But then some of these kind of purpose-built tools started splitting out and becoming their own tools that were purpose-built and in some ways better to, to deal with these, uh, these purposeful tasks. Uh, so fast forward. Uh, what essentially happened, VisiCalc came to market in 1978. They ruled the market until 1984 when Lotus 1-2-3 came out. They had, uh, essentially what Lotus 1-2-3 had going for them is that they uh, had the first charts uh, ever in spreadsheets, but uh, also they allowed you to make arbitrary calculations. In VisiCalc, you could only, because it was calculated from cell A1 and then line by line down, you could only make calculations that referred, referred to cells that were up and to the left. Uh, and uh, what uh, Lotus 1, 2, 3 found out to do is how you could put the data anywhere and you could refer to any cell, which uh, allowed uh, a lot more freedom uh, in the creation. Uh, Lotus 1, 2, 3 rules for a while, and then Excel comes around, and that's basically ruled the world ever since, although we are in a very interesting period now where uh, Excel and Google Sheets are both uh, 
significant players in the market. This has always been a market that's been dominated by one player, except for now, where Google Sheets is gradually taking over market share, but it's taking longer than you would think because, so young people use Google Sheets, young companies use Google Sheets, but established organizations use Excel. So young people that join established organizations get the office suite thrown at them and have to get uh, into the, uh, to the Microsoft way. There's also the fact that Excel is much more powerful, and especially Excel on Windows and not on Mac, is much more powerful than Google Sheets. So if you're working with a lot of data or if you're working with really um, complex calculations, then you know, all the hardcore spreadsheet nerds uh, are doing that on Excel on Windows. Uh, where, uh, however, even Excel people go to Google Sheets is when they need to collaborate on something, because Microsoft has not come up with anything that's anywhere close to uh, as good for that as, as Google Sheets. So there's a big overlap between the two user groups, but there are at least 800 million people in the world that are using, that are using Excel, 1.2 billion people that are licensed uh, on it, uh, and somewhere between 160 and 100 mil 180 million people that are using Google Sheets. And again, there's a big overlap between these two groups. Um, so 800 million people use spreadsheets, a few other numbers, 1.2 billion, I already said. 50% uh, of those uh, are believed to kind of create their own content. Uh, the other uh, people are essentially just consuming stuff in there, so they use Excel as a, as a reader. 2% uh, of all computer time in the world is spent in Excel. Uh, and uh, you know, if you if you make that kind of if you calculate that, that into a typical work day, it means you know eight to twenty minutes, and it kind of makes sense. Um, and then uh, Excel is the number one sought after computer skill in, in job ads worldwide. So uh, you know, this is this is a, a fairly big deal. Now, what people are creating in spreadsheets, and this kind of I I, I became fascinated with why is Excel everywhere? Why are spreadsheets everywhere? And what I realized is that spreadsheets are flexible enough and available enough to be the answer to the question, how can I do this without talking to IT? So they're basically a way for people to avoid uh, the cumbersome uh, task of kind of talking to and then waiting for IT to, do, uh, to solve their IT solutions. And they allow normal people, they're flexible enough and approachable enough to allow normal people to create small uh, databases, to create simple models, or create essentially programs, because, and I, I love to say this, and I think this is probably a, a good audience <coughs> to talk about it with, spreadsheets are programs. Instead of having code that you execute from you know, the first line and down, you are encoding the relationship between data elements that live in cells. And what is more is that uh, it is, uh, so two of the kind of hottest words in computer science these days is functional and reactive, and spreadsheets are both functional and reactive. Meaning, on the one hand, you are just encoding the, the relationship, the computer decides the, the execution order, and for any change, you change the state of the whole thing, and there's no spe specified flow through there. Uh, and the, the second thing is that uh, the reactive part, it gives you instant feedback. As soon as you change something, everything updates on the fly, and you get this visual feedback that you typically don't get when you're writing software, because then you're writing software, you have your mental model in your head that you're trying to get in code, then you compile or have to do some other step to actually see the effects of what you changed. In the spreadsheet, you see immediately the effects of what you changed. So I've gone through several exercises. And so you know, before I go there, I should say people have proven that uh, spreadsheets are Turing complete, which means that you can compute, you can program anything uh, in a spreadsheet. Not that you should, but you could. Uh, and uh, I've gone through several exercises of kind of changing simple spreadsheets into JavaScript. So this is an easy one. 
Uh, and this, I mean, this would literally take you a minute to, to create and maybe two minutes to create in JavaScript, but take something a little bit more complicated. And this spreadsheet that takes maybe 20 minutes to build out with, uh, with all the formulas, a fairly typical kind of projection, is actually fairly involved uh, uh, JavaScript code. But the, the difference is, when you've written the JavaScript code, you've only written the logic. You st still haven't written the, the web interface to actually display that. Uh, you haven't put up the server software to serve it up. You haven't put in place the database software to save your changes to. And if you were to do that, you would easily have hundreds, if not thousands of lines of code, several different libraries, five different programming languages. Uh, you would probably have something like SQL, Python, uh, JavaScript, HTML, and CSS all involved in kind of creating that solution. And it would take you a pretty long time and it would be a fairly involved process. And this is something that people can just do on their own uh, in their offices, which is pretty amazing. Now, I'm not saying these <coughs> things are perfect, and we'll come to that, uh, but we've been uh, kind of diving into just spreadsheets. We've been collecting spreadsheets from the wild. They've mainly come from academia, where people have done some interesting research on this. So we've tried to kind of uh, understand what people are doing. So uh, of the spreadsheets, of the roughly 20,000 spreadsheets that we analyzed for this, or actually 15,000 for this particular slide, uh, just over 40% of them have no formulas. So that tells me they're just databases, they're just small databases. Uh, but almost 60% of them have formulas in them. Here are the most common formulas. Uh, you know, so some, if, now, you probably kind of, you probably don't even know the, the kind of 20, number, number 26 or number 29 one on the list. The thing is, this is a very kind of long tail. So there are about five, there are 538 uh, formulas in Excel. Uh, but the 30 most common of them cover 94% of the files, not of the formulas, but of the files. Uh, and that's a, an interesting thing. And then also the file size drops off very quickly. People aren't working with terribly large spreadsheets uh, uh, normally. 96% of all files have fewer than 100,000 cells with content in them. Uh, <coughs> now, what are people doing? I've talked about kind of the small databases. So they're just essentially no formulas, just data. Uh, and uh, that's what you're doing. Then you have models, and I, I kind of like to talk about three types of models. It's projections, where you have a small amount of data, and you're calculating a lot of data from there, so you have a small amount of assumptions, and you're using that to calculate a lot of data. Uh, separately, you have analysis, where you have a lot of data, often exported from somewhere, and you are trying to understand it by calculating a small amount of data to, to tell you something more about it. And then you have you know, a bunch of random things that are called calculators, where the input and output are, are more balanced. And the final thing, the third category of spreadsheets, the one that was most invisible to me until I started diving into this, is that people are running entire business processes off of spreadsheets. There's that template that you know, every department has to fill out once a month and then send somewhere, and then it goes into some other system or a back office where some poor people have to aggregate the data and put it into other systems and then create uh, a slide for the next board meeting, or just the low-level processes of you know, ordering lunch. So you have to fill in the spreadsheet before 11.30, tell us what you want to eat, and then the order goes out. So, and, and everything in between. Uh, and uh, those are all interesting. But what people are creating is limited in many ways, to say the least. So first of all, it's, it, it's stuck in spreadsheets as clients. So if you create something in a spreadsheet, you have to send people to that spreadsheet to use it. So you create something in Excel, they will have to open Excel to use it, and you're limited to the user interface that Excel gives you. Uh, you're also sending, you know, typically the most 
common way of distributing spreadsheets is actually emailing them, which is uh, fascinating. Uh, obviously, Dropbox, uh, Dropbox and then uh, Office 365, and obviously Google Sheets have kind of taken some of that pain away, but most of the business world still just emails spreadsheets around. Uh, and that means that you have multiple versions, you don't know who has which version, if somebody wants to change something, you have kind of conflicts, and there are all sorts of uh, nasty things about that. So they're difficult to maintain, share, and control access to. And then, I mean, if you look at the spreadsheet, even if people you know, know really well what they're doing and they're real sophisticated, the, the, uh, the user experience of using something created in a spreadsheet is far from what we've gotten, to know, gotten used to from our phones or from modern web applications. Uh, and, uh, that is, uh, yeah, and that's uh, no, no small thing. So I started thinking, what if you could take what people already know how to do in spreadsheets, what they've already done or what they know how to do in spreadsheets, and give them a way to turn these things into modern, uh, modern web applications uh, without learning any new skills, or at least without learning a, a lot of new skills. And that sounds like a big task, but I think we've kind of come up with a way to, to make it uh, super interesting. So I'll show you a quick demo, uh, and uh, then hopefully we'll have a little bit of time to, to talk about it after. But if I move to, I'll, I'll start, with, start by showing you a spreadsheet. Um, so, is this visible? Uh, one back. So this is, this is definitely a model. This is something that, you know, there's no better software than, than spreadsheets to do exactly this. So you have, you know, you're building a business model or business projection. You have a handful, of, uh, handful or two of assumptions up in the blue box there, and you use that to calculate time series. So this is by month, some visitor numbers, and they turn, in the end, they turn into, into revenue numbers. So, um, the, uh, and you know what happens here, some, somebody has been tasked with making this. Well, typically, it isn't this clean. There will be some side calculations up there. There will be some notes that you've made for yourself that you don't want others to see. So before you send it off, you'll be cleaning it out. Uh, you, will then be, uh, and you will then be emailing it out. And then you know, the conversation starts. So I don't, I don't, believe, uh, I don't believe this assumption here. What if this is 8% and then you know, uh, people start going back and forth on that. Now, what um, the person that built this spreadsheet would have done if they were a grid user, uh, which they can't because grid isn't available yet, but uh, what they would have done is that they would have gone to grid, they would have uploaded that spreadsheet. So we are we're working off of that same spreadsheet here. And uh, the editor I'm showing you now is a, a markdown editor. That's a, well, was an easy way for us to get started, but I'll also show you where we're going with that because we don't think that the typical spreadsheet people will be learning markdown. Markdown, for those that don't know, is just a simple uh, syntax that allows you to format things. So here is, you know, demo. Oh, what's happening? Oh, there we go. Demo at material.is. And then I can write some text, nothing interesting about that. Where this gets interesting is if I, if I want to pull in data from the spreadsheet itself. So down in line 39, from C39 to AL39, we have the revenue. So I just do like I know how to from Excel, equals C39, AL39. Oh, look at that. Oh, where, where do we go? Here. So 475, 998. Yep, these are my numbers. And the reason we display it like this is we, we think people feel good in spreadsheets. They, they know spreadsheets. And we want them to kind of understand, yeah, this is just like my data in here. But we want to see this as a column chart. And then we do that. 
So you can do this in a lot of visualization software. We're very kind of spreadsheet specific, so we make it very easy on, on top of spreadsheets. But what we do, and nobody else in the world does, is that we don't only import the numbers, we actually import the model behind it as well. So we are not just importing the 475, 998, but we're importing the formulas behind it. So what you can do is you can go here. So if you want people to play with the assumption we had in here, you do equals B8, yep, 10%, but let's make that a slider. Oh, here's a slider, and so you can play around with the model and it calculates on the fly. So essentially what we've done is we've recreated the spreadsheet engine in a browser. Now that is, that alone gives you a lot of power to kind of take your spreadsheet and, and do something with them. But what we've also done is that we've given people that know how to write spreadsheets a way to do stuff on the web they never knew they could. I'll give you two quick examples of that. <coughs> so the first one being, it's very likely here that I wanted to see the sum of the uh, first year. And that number doesn't exist in the spreadsheet. So we would probably go here, we'd do year one, and there would sum up here, save the file, re-import it. That's, uh, you can do all of that in, in grid. Actually, we pick up on changes in the file. If it's stored in Dropbox, we just know it was changed, and then we recompile, so it's instantly available. But what's even cooler than that is that I don't have to do that. I just say expected uh, revenue in year one is equals sum C39 and 39, and here we have the number. And that is now part of the model, and that's nowhere in the, in the spreadsheet itself. I can even go further, and I can say, let's copy this one, which is equals if this number is higher than uh, 20,000, uh, it is great and otherwise it is pathetic. <laughs> oh, it's pathetic. No, 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 we have to, oh, it's great, it's pathetic, it's great, it's pathetic. So anyway, uh, this is just a small example to show you. So, you know, as we build this out, any property, any color, any location, any visibility of anything on this page can be controlled with spreadsheet formulas. So we've now taken what was or something you could do in a spreadsheet to enable you to use those spreadsheet skills and those, for, those formulas that people know from spreadsheet to do to program things on the web. I won't go through it here in detail, but we've gone as far uh, as uh, kind of doing the mind experiment of how you'd write something like Tetris in this. Tetris is just a spreadsheet. It's easy to kind of uh, to understand how the logic would work, but we're taking this, so that's not the business case, but we're, we're definitely going to do it. Uh, so uh, next year I'll show you a, a, a kind of uh, a Tetris running off of a, a spreadsheet uh, in grid. So uh, with that I'll leave you. So we are kind of, the, the stage we're at uh, at the moment is we're aiming for an alpha test of this in January and uh, beta next summer, and then we hopefully have a product to sell by the end of, of next summer. We just started this two months ago, so it's uh, been pretty good progress since. So, thank you. It's great to see that the web actually might be made up.